regular Drews. Hi, everyone. Um, welcome to episode 44. Yeah, today we're covering the Red Slippers. Which is Nancy Drew Diaries number 11. Well, aren't you a regular Nancy Drew? We sure hope so, and we hope you are too. Join us as we talk Nancy Drew cover to cover and click to click. Welcome to Regular Nancy Drew. This was published in 2015. So not long ago, feels like. Yeah. I guess yeah. seven years, but it could have been yesterday. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't come for me. <laughs> what did you think of this one, Corey? I loved it. Me I thought it was great. Too. <laughs> it was excellent. And I definitely think it's my favorite one of the Nancy Drew Diaries that we have read so far. Really? Yes. I, would, I yeah. liked it more than I liked Arctic Star. It was, it was, I think you were right about it having, like, it feeling very similar to the Nutcracker Ballet Mystery that we did last mm-hmm. year. Um, like, not in a bad way at all. Like, it no. just, yeah, it's very different. Yeah. The plot itself ended up being very right. different, but it's just the same. I don't know. Just very good. Yeah. Very good. It was very good. I have to say, it was also, it, and I, I mean, okay, this is going to sound stupid when I say it, but it was definitely the most modern Nancy Drew book we've ever read. Um, but of course it was because it actually is. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. think we've read a book published later than 2015. So no, definitely not. <laughs> um, so it it literally was, but it, it felt that way too, yeah. you know? They mentioned Twitter in this yeah. book. And okay, I about had an aneurysm because there is an app that gets put on uh, Maggie's phone called TikTok. Oh, I know, I know. I was like, how but did I was they? Like, but, 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 but. But, <laughs> and I looked it up and TikTok was actually released in 2016. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, okay. So not the same TikTok, but still No, it's very... supposed to be like a clock app, not, <laughs> yes, not TikTok, yes. but it's just. Not TikTok. But I was like, oh my God. It's An hilarious that today. TikTok. <laughs> what year is it? You know? Um, yeah. Like you were and saying also... with the, oh, sorry. No, you go for it. Oh, like you were saying with the last episode, I feel like this one is very self-aware as well. We had a mm-hmm. lot of really great moments, really, especially when it came to George. I feel like this was really oh. George's like time to shine with the book. Interesting. It's been the best, uh, in my opinion, the best representation of George that we've seen so far. Um, and I think a ballet setting is the right way to do that because we have mm. this traditionally very uh, girly girl activity um, almost mm-hmm. that George is, um, she... I mean, she just has a lot of really good moments in talking about gender roles and how they have affected her. And we see her have Mm -hmm. like this emotional reaction to other people being kind of forced to get into a Mm -hmm. box of either you're the girly girl activity or you're not. And there's no, you Mm -hmm. know, it's just excellent, excellent, excelent. So we'll we'll talk about that, I'm sure, later. I didn't even really, I mean, like, well, of course I read that and I noticed, noticed that. I never, I didn't really consider it in a frame of of george which is Mm. yeah so it's very interesting that you say that but i was gonna bring up how great this book is for ned oh yeah and we'll have to talk about that in depth because i just have to say i never thought i would be attracted to ned nickerson (laughs) 
Today's the day, apparently. This book had me fanning myself for (laughs) Mr. Nickerson. I mean... He was great in this one. Excellent. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I'm very excited to talk about that. Yeah, I just feel like all around, it was just great for all of our characters. Best, too. I know. I best really pulled at my heartstrings in this one as well. So, yeah. So just excellent. Excellent, excellent. The plot was good, too. Like, it was, it was like, not super straightforward, which is, like a masterpiece when you consider like they have to write this children's mystery in like less than 200 pages you know yeah way less formulaic than what we're used to right right so quite an accomplishment props yeah props simon and schuster i think my only (laughs) critique is the title the red slippers yes uh, i don't remember (laughs) any mention of the shoes being red or the color of the shoes being significant at all it's just and it's they're red i guess (laughs) it's such a fail that's such a failure too because it literally it would take one sentence it would take one sentence to be like the famous shoes that maggie has from this dancer or whatever are red like yeah just just call them these red slippers are my, you know, just make one sentence, one phrase, one dialogue line of Maggie saying something about these red slippers and we'd get it. Right. But we just, <laughs> just couldn't get it. And they're doing Sleeping Beauty, which is not a show that like has you know, red calls, slippers necessarily calls for red slippers right. or is like famous for that. Where like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's plenty of roles in other ballets where it's like, oh, the shoes call for a different color. So you have to paint them mm-hmm. or whatever. It would have been easy to work that in, but. No, you're right. It's just <laughs> meh. <laughs> but whatever. That's such a small thing to critique. Maybe it's maybe gotta that be, was intentional it's, with Scarlet it's gotta Slippers. be because right. That's what it. Ha- that's the only thing I can think of is that it has to be a callback to the mystery story, the Scarlet Slipper mystery. But I don't know why because I don't remember that one. So we'll have to come back and read that one and see. Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah. Very good. Well, three words. Oh, uh, well, I mean, ballet, obviously. Yeah. Not obviously red, ballet. though. <laughs> yeah. I'd say, like, friends, too. Yeah. Like, like friends, friendship. Mm-hmm. The good ship, friendship. Yes. Um, maybe we don't need three words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just those two. Sabotage, ballet, I guess. Friendship. Injuries. I would say, no, you know what I would say is I would say, like... What's a good word to describe it? Like credibility or like um, skill or like accomplishment. Okay. Like so much of this book was about like. um, Prestige. Yes. Or like having like an identity of like you're really good at this one thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? With the ballet, but also with Nancy. And but that's Bess's whole struggle in this. Oh, yes. You know, like, I don't have anything that makes me me, you know? But I don't know what a word is to describe that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that works. Something something (laughs) like that. Yeah. (laughs) You come up with it, regular Drews, and you tell us what that word is. Friendship, ballet, and then then that. (laughs) (laughs) Vague identity. uh, Oh, gosh. No. Yeah. What is the word? Hmm. This is going to bug me. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe we'll come back to it and we'll remember. After. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> we'll think of something. Well, that's all okay. right. Okay. 
We ready to dive in? Yes, we are ready. Okay, so we start off and Bess, George, and Nancy are out running errands. Um, and they decide to make a stop at Coffee Corner, which, by the way, we learn is where George works. This is probably the first. Well, no, I'm sure there's been other methods <laughs> of, of them having jobs, but or George right. having jobs. But yeah, nice. That's I just was like, nice. Cool. George yeah. works at the Coffee Corner. Love to hear it. She's a barista. Nice kid. little detail inserted in there. Uh-huh. Um. They're kind of talking. Bess has been acting weird, and Nancy's like, "Why? You know what's going on?" And Bess just explains that she's upset because she feels like Nancy, George, and even Ned all have these like discernible skills and hobbies, and she doesn't. She doesn't feel like she has something that makes her special or like some skill, right? Yes. Um, and I know it's really sad. <laughs> and but Nancy and George like try to reassure her. Um, you know, like, no, like, you know, you're special to us. You have so much about you that makes you special. They were saying all the right things and everything, but, you know. But then an old friend of Bess and Nancy's, Maggie Richards, walks into the cafe. Uh, Maggie happens to be a supremely talented ballerina, um, and she used to dance at the same school that Nancy and Bess did when they were little. Um, and Maggie is so talented that she was actually scouted for a prestigious ballet academy, which she now attends. Um, she's now in town, again, performing in a touring production of Sleeping Beauty that her dance school is putting on to give its students, like, an idea of what it would be like to tour as a working dancer. Um, she also says that this performance in River Heights could be a big break for her because it's rumored that this famous ballet critic named Oscar Levine will be in attendance. Um, and if she gets a good review from him, it could really help her if and when she auditions for a professional ballet company. Um, and then Maggie kind of announces like, oh, after catching up, it's been really great to see y'all, but I really have to go because I don't want to be late for rehearsal. My teacher is really strict. And if I'm even a minute later than 3 PM, it's like bad news bears. Mm -hmm. Um, and then George looks at her watch, which is of course like satellite watch synced to yeah. something. I don't know. It's like <laughs> very accurate. Mm -hmm. Um, she's like, oh, it's 310 right now. And Maggie shrieks and exclaims that her phone says that it's 210. Um, so interesting. So her phone clock is wrong. Um, so Nancy offers to race them all over to the theater as quickly as she can, because if Maggie's over 20 minutes late, then she won't be allowed to dance in the next show, which would basically ruin her career. Right. Um, so on the way, George is like investigating Maggie's phone because George is our tech savvy um, gal. Um, and she discovers an app that's been installed on Maggie's phone called TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> we were just talking about this. Where that allows you to manually change the time on your phone. Um, and Maggie says um, she didn't install this app, um, but she knows who did. It had to have been her understudy, Fiona Scott. Because apparently things have been happening throughout this run of Sleeping Beauty, including like her wig going missing right before the start of the show, causing Fiona to get to go on because apparently her wig was too small for Maggie. I don't know. Um, and what then Maggie wig are you getting... wearing that makes you not able to dance? Uh, <laughs> I whatever. Know. I know. I feel like you can just um, go on with your real hair. Mm, I or, I mean, I just, I don't understand how a wig can really be too small. Right. I, you, like... It also seems like you could just, it might not be ideal, but you could probably work with a too small wig. You know what I mean? 
but I don't. I, mm, I don't. Did know. they each have their own wig? Did they have like one costume so. for this role? I can't imagine that they would have like two no, different it seems like sets they of each costumes, ha- which is weird. Well, if right? they're different, if they're different sizes, and they have well, to sure. be altered to fit them, but yeah, I I guess we we don't really know what the costume situation is. But the no, wig being too small is just weird. Like, yeah, it is weird. It is weird. It's like how how big is your head? <laughs> I mean, obviously, that you I don't... can't fit into this wig for just an hour. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't know a lot. I mean, I don't know everything about this, but I I don't right. I don't know that you wear a lot of wigs. In, <laughs> uh, whatever. You would think, yeah, because it wouldn't be super easy to dance in something that could just fall off your head when you're spinning. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And. Uh, usually for especially for smaller companies it's like they have one costume mm-hmm. and so if you don't fit you're just wearing a costume that doesn't fit like that's it you, just, yeah, you can try yeah. to alter it or like you know do things to like make it work but like they're not gonna order a second costume right. just for an understudy you know like that's right. not <laughs> yeah so um yeah that's odd um and also it just seems like if the wig doesn't fit like it doesn't fit to your head, you could just pin it. Like you could just right. pin it in place, which That's, you would do I mean, you're anyway. To. Yeah, right. So it's like I don't know. Whatever, whatever. That's the thing. She lost her wig. She couldn't go on. So yeah. Fiona had to go on <laughs> for her. Um, and then there was also an incident where Maggie kept getting like a wake up call every two hours the night before a performance, um, causing her to pass out from exhaustion backstage. Um, and That's so again, extreme. Fiona got to go on. That is very extreme. <laughs> yeah. I'm like. I mean, like, I understand being really tired, but being so tired that you pass out from exhaustion. I mean, I know dancing is physically exhausting, and so I'm sure that has something to do with it. But I just can't imagine a level of tiredness where you don't go on stage. You know what I mean? I don't know. But anyway, it all seems like two hours wouldn't cut cut it. It it seems like you would have to do a wake-up call every 30 minutes. Right. To really prevent someone from getting any sleep. But you could get a REM cycle in but in two hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Whatever. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Um, anyway, so it seems like Fiona has been causing this so that she gets to go on and perform. And Maggie doesn't. So, But there's no concrete proof that Fiona is actually the one who did these things. Um, and also Fiona's parents are major benefactors to this dance school. So it's like even if she did say something, it probably nothing would come of it. Right. Um, But, so they managed to make it to the theater just in the nick of time, but her teacher is so incredibly angry, and we have to talk about her dance teacher later, too, in a major way. Um, He grabs Maggie by the back of the neck and, like, leads her, like, pulls her up to the stage, telling her that, like, she better prove to him in this rehearsal that she's better than Fiona, otherwise he's going to let Fiona dance tomorrow. Hmm. So Nancy, Best, and George, they stay and they watch the rehearsal. Um, And while they're in the audience, they meet Sebastian, who is the piano. And then we had such a hard time with this word in in the um, (laughs) the Nutcracker Ballet mystery. Accompanist? Accompanist? Is that right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Accompanist. (laughs) Yes. Piano accompanist. (laughs) Something. He plays the piano. He's the piano man. (laughs) Piano Um, he says that the director, Jameson, the one who grabbed Maggie by the neck, also has a lot riding on this performance because he really wants to be a choreographer. And if the critic likes this show, it could open doors for him to kind of get on that career path. 
Um, he also tells us that Maggie really is the only one who can actually dance this role. Fiona is just not as good. So it's kind of like an empty threat from Jameson um, because Fiona is never going to be <laughs> as good as, as Maggie. Um, they, did, are we, did he choreograph Sleeping Beauty? No. I don't know, no. man. <laughs> no. Yeah. Why would his choreography skills come into play on a ballet that's like, very, very, very widespread, very popular, and not something I don't that know. he choreographed. That's not something I know a whole lot about. I don't know a whole lot of wor- about the world of, <clears throat> like, ballet choreography. I don't know if there's other parts that's possible for him to change or something. I don't Maybe, know. Maybe, but... Maybe it's just, like, a take on Sleeping Beauty. I don't know. Well, okay. Sorry. Uh, anyway. But, <laughs> yeah. Interjecting. Who knows? Uh, no, I appreciate it. Your, you know, your dance experience definitely comes into play here in a major way. So appreciate your expertise. It does. I mean, every every company is different, obviously. Right. So I can't can't assume too much, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so as the girls are walking out of the rehearsal, they run into Miss Taylor, who is their old ballet instructor. Oh my god! I say immediately off the bat for me, I was like, it's Miss Taylor. After meeting her, I was like, "Mm, this bitch did it. Nothing has even happened really yet, but this bitch did it. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, she didn't. I mean, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But they run into her, um, and she seems a little awkward when they start talking to her about the show, um, but it's not really clear why. Um, But she does ask the girls to hang up posters for the show around town for her, and they agree, because apparently she's promoting it. I don't know. Whatever. As they are exiting the building with their posters, they're going to go hang some up outside, they overhear a man shouting his son, named Colin, about dancing. And it's clear that he's very upset that his son is dancing ballet, and he doesn't want him to attend the rehearsal um, because he thinks it's like this girly activity and he doesn't want his son to like wear tights and act mm. like a girl um this but is his son really gets right. to george yes. this is yes. a big issue yeah. for her the rest of the book yeah and right rightfully so uh-huh um props to colin who really sticks to his guns and is like no i'm gonna be a professional dancer i'm going inside to attend you know rehearsal but yeah, but obviously George is very upset at this and that kind of comes into play later as well. The girls unroll a poster to hang on a pole outside, but then they see that the picture on the poster, which is of Maggie in an arabesque being supported by Colin, uh, who plays the prince, Maggie's face has been violently scratched out. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So it looks like um, they're all scratched out. Like, and so someone must have altered the original photo sent to the printer. It's not like a physical scratch on the poster. It's like the photo that was printed on the poster was scratched out. Right. Um, so the girls decide to investigate because whoever this person is could be violent because clearly this scratching thing yeah. is kind of a, you know, red flag, right? Right. <laughs> So Maggie did kind of specifically ask them to not investigate Fiona because she was like, there's just a couple performances left. I don't want to cause drama. Like, we'll just finish it out and, you know, it's no big deal, right? Um, But 
Nancy says she can keep her word to not if she doesn't specifically investigate Fiona, um, just the poster. Uh, <laughs> okay, Nancy. All right. Loophole. <laughs> <laughs> she'll think of, she'll think of anything to be able to work a mystery. Um. So once they determine who's responsible for the poster, then they'll go to Maggie and let her know with like if they have more concrete proof at that point, right? Um, so Bess decides to stay at the theater to keep an eye on Maggie, and Nancy and George go to the printers who printed the posters. It's Sharp Image, which is like a regional chain that requires apparently their employees to wear bright pink vests and hats. I was so sure that this was going to come in, this was going to be significant later. Right. It's absolutely not, but they really hit home that they have to wear like this embarrassing bright pink outfit. And I don't know what, what. What that has to do with anything, but maybe just because the guy working there has like wearing an argument pink. with George, maybe it's just to like <laughs> highlight that he's not the happiest employee. I don't, I, I don't guess. know. Like, I hate working here. I have to deal with these <laughs> girls I don't like. I have to wear this neon pink. Like, yeah, <laughs> maybe um, I don't know. <laughs> so they don't know who's working there yet. So Nancy is hoping that like whoever's working, I can just like charm them, use my usual charm and skill to get some information about, you know, this picture or whatever. But yes, unfortunately, it's this boy named Derek Chase, who Nancy had busted for stealing the final exam in one of his classes at River Heights University. Oh, (laughs) so he doesn't like them. I really wonder, did this happen in a previous book? Maybe I'm yeah because I wouldn't read that as well, but I I that would be I that would be fun to read if he's yeah. gonna be like a recurring character. Right. Derek Chase is <laughs> grumpy with them. Um, so he is of course obviously unhelpful to them in their investigation, and it's just like no, I'm not gonna tell you anything. I know who you are, Nancy Drew. Like I'm not gonna help you. <laughs> right. Um, but when they're in there, they do happen to see a picture of the Sharp Image CEO hanging on the wall, Michael Carter, and they realize, wait a second, that's the man we saw shouting at Colin outside the theater. That's Colin's dad. Mm. Interesting connection, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, of course, this n- makes Nancy wonder, could Michael actually be a suspect in this case? <laughs> He clearly does not want this show to go on, and of course, he would have had access to the photo to scratch it out, and so Nancy and George decide that they are going to try to track him down. Um, They figure that since the show is a traveling show, he's probably staying in a local hotel, Um, and there's like seven hotels in town that they figure would probably be where he's staying, so instead of just calling and asking if he's staying there, because of course, staff are probably not going to tell Nancy anything. Um, she decides to call all these hotels pretending to be uh, Michael's wife and just have this frantic story like, oh, my husband is staying at a hotel somewhere and I don't remember which one, but our cat is stuck in the chimney. Um, and so this is like an emergency. Like I need to talk to him right away because the cat will only respond to his voice. Um, so if you could put him on the phone with the cat, it would help the cat come out of the chimney and then the cat will be safe. Um, and this works. <laughs> I love this. This is hilarious. So much. <laughs> Not only is it hilarious, it's like also, I think, one of like the only examples of like Nancy actually doing like real detective work. Right. You know what I mean? Like I she's not just like going to a location and then overhearing a conversation, right? Because she happens to be there. She's right. actually like doing the work yeah. and like <laughs> figuring out information for being sneaky. I love it, it so, so much. 
It was very so clever good. as well. It was a good, mm-hmm. good little ploy. But definitely. Uh, so they head over to this grand hotel. Nancy goes in and finds him just sitting in the lobby. Um, she pretends to be in. Oh gosh. Future business. future business leaders of America. Okay, yeah, she pretends to to be in the future business leaders of America, um, and she tells him, "Hey, I'm doing a project on on businesses and, and Sharp Image, so um, you know it'd be wonderful if you would give me an interview about your company." Um, and she she tells us that she's recently read this book on how to read facial expressions. This is ridiculous. I know. <laughs> So she's talking to him, trying to get like a baseline understanding of what his facial expressions might indicate. Um, so then she she's already worked this out in advance with George. Like five minutes after she starts this interview, George comes in and starts loudly asking the staff if she can hang up one of the ballet posters in the lobby. Um, they tell her, no, sorry, no advertising here. But Nancy doesn't really care about that. She just wanted to see Michael's reaction whenever he... Um, he sees the the poster. Um, he seemed angry and embarrassed, but not surprised to to see this poster. Um, and she thinks that maybe he would be surprised if he was the one responsible for sabotaging the poster. Like, why are they still hanging these up? But right. since he really didn't make any, you know, make any facial expressions otherwise, I guess that he. Mm-hmm doesn't think anything of it um so back in the parking lot she's explaining all this to george and she says i'm not 100 percent sure of course but i just i don't think it's him but then they get a frantic call from bess that something terrible has happened at the theater (sighs) so we head back to the theater right away and we find out that maggie's dressing room and all the contents in it have been destroyed um, Bess says that she had her eyes on Fiona the entire time, so it couldn't have been Fiona like sneaking off to the dressing room to do it. Possible that she recruited somebody else to do this for her, but who knows? Uh, Maggie at this point does change her mind, and she's like, "You know what, Nancy? Please, will you investigate this for me? Check out Fiona. Do what you have to do." Um, so then, at this point, Nancy, Bess, George, Maggie, and Sebastian, our piano man, decide that we're all going to go out to dinner. Bess starts to have this, like, mm-hmm. inkling feeling that maybe there's something going on between Maggie and Sebastian and even, like, indirectly asks them. She's like, how long have you guys been together? And they're like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, we're not we're not together. We're just really good friends. We've just known each other for a really long time. Um, so, yeah, kind of weird. They actually say, too, that um, they're actually dancers at their school aren't allowed to date. Um, yeah. Because jameson thinks it's a distraction so like they wouldn't even if they wanted to which kind of makes me think well you do want to but um yeah yeah, it's just interesting that's Mm -hmm. a weird rule i feel like that's a weird rule and it's like kind of extreme but eh. okay well the whole thing i want to talk about with um jameson is that he is like abusive and exploitative yeah controlling (laughs) Uh oh my gosh you want to like run these these girls live and guys Mm -hmm. but Sebastian's also not one of the dancers, so why would it be against the rule for a non-dancer and a dancer to date each other? Dancers no, aren't allowed think, to. In- oh I no, think dancers just all. aren't allowed to date at all. Oh, I thought right. I read it as like can't date each can't other. Can't date each other. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, that's even worse. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, definitely worse. Gosh. <laughs> Well, but we go to dinner and we learn that Fiona's names are Fiona's names. Fiona's friends that are basically acting as like her little mean girl cronies that follow her around. It's really weird. Uh, but their names are Evelyn Young and Nicole Rush. 
we also, Nancy starts talking to, to Sebastian about why he plays piano for this group and how he got started. And he says, basically, he's been doing this for his whole life. Um, his older sister, Veronica, who actually used to be with this company and is the only person from the company to go on to the American Ballet Company, um, this big one in New York, she um, she would practice ballet all the time. So he just started playing piano for her. Um, but then once she started get, getting more serious about it, he actually started playing the piano for the, the whole company as well. Um, we learned that Veronica, the sister, is basically Maggie's idol, and they were really close friends, like, when they were dancing together, and um, it's just, like, basically Maggie's dream is to be, you know, the same, or to go down the same path Veronica has with, like, being so successful and making it into this big company. Um, but we also learned that Veronica hasn't been returning any of Maggie's texts or emails recently, which is uncharacteristic, and it seems kind of like a sore spot for Sebastian and Maggie, and it's just it's just kind of weird. So, um, they change the subject. This is when we learn that they are, in fact are not together. They say that they are more like siblings than anything. Um, but then we, um, they get the check and we, Nancy goes to pay and she finds that there is a note underneath the, the bill or whatever. It says for your own sake, don't dance tomorrow. Mm. All right. Okay. Well, but we have this really weird scene where Nancy goes and like confronts the waiter about like yeah who who left this note and like was it you who else was in here and he's like you know what lady whoever was it like it must have been your friends and she's like that's weird I didn't notice any of these other dancers when we came in I guess they all have like matching warm up gear or whatever that they're wearing and they see someone in the same sweatshirt or whatever that are actually like the people that they see are like leaving when Nancy notices that they're even in the restaurant so she decides to go chase them down in the parking lot <laughs> to get a glimpse of who it was that might have slipped the note under the bill um and she's able to like gosh this is a ridiculous yeah. scene yeah just to just like race through the snow yeah it, 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 like climb through snow banks in the parking Drifts, lot yeah. and like yeah it's just ridiculous but um she does eventually like get like catch up with the car that's leaving and she finds that it's michael driving the car um and there is a girl in the passenger seat with him but to her knowledge um colin doesn't have a sister so who could this girl be that's like wearing this dancer sweatshirt um in the car with michael mm. very strange very strange this ooked me out i have to say yeah. i was like gross <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah. why are you driving this teenage a girls around that you yeah. don't you're not related to um all right well <laughs> Um, they head back to Maggie's hotel so that Nancy can warm up a little bit after her chase through the snow. Um, Sebastian makes some disparaging mar remarks about Nancy's ability to solve the case. Um, it's like, you're not a part of this world. You'll never get it. Like, you'll never be able to solve this. And like... Ability. That's the ability. word. There we go. Ability. That worked. Friendship. <laughs> Ballet. And ability. There we go. Yeah. So Nancy evidently just does not have the insider knowledge that she needs in order to solve this case successfully. Nancy's a little offended by this, and she's like, well, you know, maybe uh, maybe I do know a thing or two about mysteries, and just because it's in a setting that I'm not familiar with doesn't mean much, whatever. Um, and he starts to tell Maggie that, you know, this note kind of feels serious, like maybe you should just let Fiona dance tomorrow just to avoid mm -hmm. possibly getting injured or something dangerous. Like maybe you just 
maybe you should just bow out. Um, and Maggie's like, uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I will be going to dance tomorrow and I will be um, rehearsing today as well. So, yeah. So Nancy is like, Maggie, you know what? Don't worry. Best George and I will be there for the whole thing, whatever you need. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Yeah. So, yeah, so the next day at rehearsal, unfortunately, it is a closed rehearsal. So the only way that Nancy, Bess, and George can attend is by, like, posing as a part of Miss Taylor's ballet class who have previously, have previous permission to attend to, like, warm up with the dancers. Yeah. Um, so Nancy does her best and she, like, disguises herself as a dancer and, like, stays in the back, right? Because uh, obviously it's been God knows how long since she has danced ballet right. um bess and george managed to like pose as like backstage people and i really don't understand why nancy couldn't also do that as well but whatever we needed um, nancy in a leotard that's why <laughs> um so nancy is like warming up with the dancers and everything and she overhears evelyn and nicole remember uh fiona's cronies talking about wanting to take maggie down a notch like she was taken down a notch yesterday. Um. Okay. Um, so after warming up, Nancy decides, I'm going to go talk to Fiona, try to butter her up, and like hope that some flattery will help her open up about anything that she has you know, done. But Nancy calls Fiona a better dancer than Maggie to like Fiona. She's like, oh, you're so much better than Maggie is. You know, I have no idea why, you know. You're not allowed to dance instead of her or whatever. Fiona flat out goes like, you're insane. Maggie is a phenomenal dancer. She's so much better than I am. I could never do what she does. Um, and Fiona um, just doesn't know why she didn't get another role instead of being an understudy. Like she just wanted to be able to dance in the show. Yeah. Um, because she knows that she's good. She's just not as good as, as Maggie. So she's not jealous of Maggie's role. She's just jealous that, yeah. that everybody has a role and she doesn't. Um, so interesting. Interesting to hear that motivation from Fiona. Um, and then Fiona turns like abruptly to like leave. And as she does, a piece of paper falls out of her purse. Nancy picks it up and gets a receipt for the restaurant that they were at last night from exactly the time they had been there. So, seems like Fiona was the girl with, you know, Michael Carter there last night. But, like, why the heck would she be with Mike Carter? That's a little fishy. Also, this just occurred to me. She has the receipt, so it seems like she paid. Uh, yeah, I was thinking that as well just now. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> the, the only reason to date an older man. <laughs> Sorry. Is to have him be like <laughs> rich and pay for your shit. <laughs> this CEO and an 18 year old girl go out for lunch, and the 18 year old she girl pays. pays for lunch. <laughs> awesome. Wow. Fantastic. Whatever. No, I'm just joking, but yeah, it's still still odd. Anyway, yeah. anyway, anyway, anyway. Um. So later during rehearsal, Maggie is clearly stressed and she is not dancing well because of all of the stuff going on behind the scenes. Um, so she gets snapped at by Jameson, who tells her that dancers have to be able to ignore everything in their personal life, including threats and harassment to be able to dance well. What a specific thing to say, Jameson. Yeah. 
How do you know that Maggie has been suffering threats and harassment? Could Jameson be responsible for this as like a way to like test and like prepare Maggie for like the pressure of like professional dancing? Mm, weird. Um, Bess also brings a photo of Colin from the water fountain that she had snapped while he was getting a drink. She shows Nancy that he has a bunch of bandages on his arm that weren't there yesterday um, from, you know, smashing a dressing room mirror, perhaps. Mm. Hmm. Um, and so Nancy just kind of comments that, like, with all of this stuff happening and, like, showing up to date, it seems as like they have all these suspects adding up. They've got Fiona, Nicole, Evelyn, Colin, Jameson. So Nancy decides what she's going to do to narrow it down is she is going to set a trap. Oh, ah, love it. Love it. I love it love so it. much. It's so good, Kari. <laughs> yes, she's going to set a trap. That's exactly what we need. This is, it's it. really iconic. This is yeah. iconic Nancy Drew behavior. It you is. know what I mean? It's also not particularly, um, I want to, I don't want to say characteristic. It's like not, I don't feel like we see this a lot. Nancy doesn't set mm-hmm. traps a whole lot. She doesn't ever have to, but to see her like, just like enact like strategy mm-hmm. when solving a mystery is so satisfying. It's like, that's right, Nancy's a real yeah. detective. <laughs> she knows what she's doing. Oh. She's she's always got her big plan at the end that she won't tell us about, but a yeah, trap, that is a whole different story. Right, that's right, right, right. So much better. <laughs> so, um, so apparently this is the plan. Maggie has these famous ballet dancer's shoes that she brings out before every performance. Which, by the way, I was going to ask you, I didn't write down the name of that famous ballet person, but is that a real famous ballet person? Um, I don't know that they said, did they? Yeah, they they gave the name. Oh, I didn't I didn't bring the book in here. That's what I forgot to do. Um, it's at the remember. beginning of chapter eight. Moira Devereaux. Um, I'm like, go Google Googler. That's not a name I recognize, but Moira. Nope. <laughs> I mean, there are definitely Moira Devereaux, and there is apparently one who is. Someone who has worked for or created fluid motion physiotherapy, but I don't think she's a famous dancer. No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, okay, anyway, sorry. If they, if they had just been like, oh, and they were red because she danced this particular right. role. Right. And that's why they're lucky. And then that 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 would have been the perfect time to just throw <laughs> that in there. And they didn't. Maybe yes. they just forgot. And they're like, maybe oh, they'll figure it out. They'll draw the conclusion. The <laughs> shoes are red. Don't worry about it. Um, so yeah, so Maggie has these famous ballet dancers' shoes, and she brings them out before every performance and rubs them for good luck. Um, and apparently, people in the company or at the the school know about them, um, and they're super valuable to Maggie. Um, so Nancy gets her to agree to use those for the trap and actually spring it herself. So a few minutes later in rehearsal, we're sitting in the audience, and Maggie loudly asks Sebastian if she can put the shoes in his piano seat for safekeeping. So now everyone knows where the shoes are. Um, and then George goes to pull the fire alarm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So at first, Jameson will not let the dancers evacuate. Oh, screw this guy. He's terrible. I mean, seriously. <laughs> um, but Bess kind of like, like pulls it together and gets really stern with him and is like, you have to let these 
dancers evacuate right now. We're going to get such a heavy fine if the fire department shows up and people are still in here and I'll make you pay it. This is awesome yeah. at this moment. So um, this is the law. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they all evacuate. Um, but Nancy hunkers down in the audience and waits because she knows that somebody is going to come try to take these shoes. Um, finally, she hears someone coming and then the piano bench open. So she springs up, yelling, stop right there. And it's Fiona with Maggie's shoes in her hand. But Fiona says she wasn't trying to steal Maggie's shoes. She was trying to retrieve these. And she reaches into the piano bench and pulls out a string of photos from like a photo booth of her and Colin. And in one of them, they are kissing. Mm. Okay. So Maggie, or, or sorry, uh, Fiona is in a relationship with Colin and is trying to hide that for obvious reasons because Jameson doesn't allow dancers to date. Right. Um, so Nancy asks if she's trying to sabotage Maggie to be able to dance in front of Oscar herself, um, you know, because of all the other stuff, all the other evidence that's against her. Um, and Fiona seems like appalled at this suggestion. Um, she says she did some things to sabotage Maggie, like steal her wig and set up the wake-up calls before because she wanted to dance some during the tour, but that's it. She definitely doesn't want to dance in front of Oscar because that would be way too intimidating, and she knows that she would flub it, basically. Um, so interesting. But she does know that Colin, who she's in a secret relationship with, um, did destroy Maggie's dressing room. Okay, but she says, but it wasn't about Maggie. He just happened to be there and he snapped and got so angry about his dad and his dad not like approving of his choices to dance that he destroyed the dressing room. <laughs> um, yikes. I would say red flag Fiona. <laughs> yeah. Break up with Colin. But Okay, she says Colin is actually working on a letter of apology to Maggie right now about this um, and is going to offer to pay for everything to replace it. He's sorry. He just got super angry and out of control. Yikes. Um, yeah, yikes. Um, Fiona says that's why she went out uh, with Colin's dad to dinner the other night because she was trying to convince him to come see Colin dance because she's hoping to, like, repair their relationship to help Colin. Um, which is very nice, but it just seems like, I don't know. I don't know how, what kind of success you're going to have with right. that, Fiona, but, but okay. Um, she tried. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, okay. At this point, the fire alarm stops. The rest of the dan dancers return to continue rehearsing. But, like, now what? <laughs> okay, so it seems like it's not Fiona, but there still has to be somebody else who's sabotaging Maggie other than Fiona. Uh, because Fiona claims that she didn't install the app on Maggie's phone um, or leave the note or scratch up the posters. So, like, who did those things then? Yeah. Um, so just as they're, like, working this out in the audience, trying to figure out what's going on, Jameson calls Nancy on stage to humiliate her for talking and is about to make her dance by herself in front of everyone. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> At this point in the book, I, like, physically, like, cringed and, like, recoiled. Like, no! Like, Nancy, just leave! Just run! Because <laughs> I cannot imagine anything more embarrassing right. than <laughs> showing how how much you can't dance in front of these incredibly talented right. <laughs> dancing. Oh! 
Oh my Poor gosh, Nancy. I know. But Nancy, God bless Nancy. She's game. She's gearing up to get up there and do her best, you know? Um, but just then, right as she's like positioning herself in the middle of the stage, um, one of the giant tree set pieces comes crashing down onto the stage and Nancy has to like dive out of the way. <sighs> Saved in the nick of time <laughs> by a falling tree. <laughs> oh. Yikes. Not entirely saved though, because the Yikes. tree does land on her foot. Um, mm-hmm. There's like a like an athletic trainer just in the building on site for for the company, um, and she comes running over. Her name's Linda, um, and Nancy's like, "Oh my gosh, I've broken my foot. <laughs> this is just what I needed." Um, but Linda takes a look at it, and she's like, "No, you, you got lucky. It's just really badly bruised. So stay off of it. You're gonna need crutches, but you're okay, basically." Um, so at this point, Jameson's just like, oh my gosh, okay, rehearsal over. We got to clean up this tree off the stage. It is just a disaster now. Um, Maggie, of course, is distraught. She thinks that this is her fault that Nancy got injured. Um, but Nancy's like, no, you go back to your hotel. You go get some rest tonight because you really need to be ready for the performance tomorrow. Jameson, unfortunately, has caught on to Nancy being an interloper, um, and that's (laughs) actually why he had made a point to embarrass her, um, and he comes back to where Linda is kind of treating Nancy, and I think Bess and George have also come and joined her in the room now, um, and he's, like, super nasty to them. It's like, y'all have to get out. Um, I don't – she tries to be like, no, I'm a detective. I'm, like, trying to investigate. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to help your show, and he just does not believe that. He's like, you're trying to ruin things. Get out. I never want to see y'all see y'all again. Uh, Nancy on crutches sneaks back in anyway. Of course, <laughs> love Nancy. Uh, she decides that she is going to examine the tree that fell. Um, there's some crew members there trying to clean everything up and figure out what happened exactly, and they tell her that it was sabotaged. Um, there was a wire holding the tree up, and it looks like it was cut probably days ago though and has just been slowly fraying ever since and the fact that it fell at that exact moment just so happens i mean the company should have been rehearsing at that time anyway so i mean how well can you really plan that if you're the one that cut the wire but whatever uh but this is a huge light bulb moment for nancy she realizes now actually nobody's sabotaging maggie not maggie specifically at least Um, because again, there's no way to know specifically when this tree would have fallen or who it would have landed on at the time. Mm -hmm. Someone is just trying to sabotage this show. Um, and those notes that Maggie was getting of like, don't dance tomorrow, stay away, like all that stuff. It's not threats. They were warning. Someone was Mm -hmm. trying to like destroy the show, but then spare Maggie and get her out of the way. So that when this the bad the stuff twist. really happened, right? Amazing. This is the best twist. Someone is trying to save Maggie. They're not trying to harm her. God, I love it. Love it's it. Amazing. <sighs> and so Nancy is like, ding, ding, ding. Jameson is the real target. Um, you know, obviously he's obviously. been terrible to everyone this entire <laughs> time. Reason. So who wouldn't have motive to hurt, to not hurt, well, maybe hurt him, but like also harm his career. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, he's really the only one aside from Maggie who has so much pressure on him with the, the Oscar Levine thing. Um, cause if he doesn't impress Oscar, this is probably his last chance as a choreography. 
a lot is riding on this for him. So of course, um, if Maggie can't dance, the performance is going to be a disaster anyway. So everything is just kind of clicking together for Nancy. Um, obviously, yeah, obviously he has a lot of en enemies cause he's so awful. And in a last ditch effort, they run to Jameson and are like, please delay the performance. Even just like a couple hours, like we have time to figure this out, but like somebody is coming for you, dude, and you need to let us figure this out. And he's like, no, I still don't believe you. I told y'all to get out. Um, doors are opening in 30 minutes, no matter what. I know. Um, so at this point they're like, well, we have to go home and change. Of course we can't look like this for the performance. Like I know there's a time crunch here, but we have to look nice. So gotta have the right outfits. <laughs> yes. Detective Barbie indeed. Uh, God, I know. So Ned has actually already planned to like meet them for the performance and he arrives. Um, he's at the theater. They go back to the theater for the performance and they meet up with Ned and they start talking to him, you know, who could possibly be the culprit. Um, this is when Nancy actually spots Miss Taylor, who has also arrived for the, the performance, their old ballet teacher, of course. Um, she is basically embarrassing herself in front of Oscar Levine. Um, and Nancy thinks, you know, what if she is jealous of Jameson's success? Maybe that was her motive that she had wanted to be the, the photog photographer, the choreographer. <laughs> She'd right. wanted to be the choreographer for this show, and he got it instead. So, you know, maybe. Um, mm -hmm. So she goes up to Miss Taylor and is like, oh, I'm so glad you were our teacher when we were little instead of Jameson. He's horrible. Um, and Miss Taylor is, goes off like agreeing, like, yeah, he doesn't deserve this honor, blah, blah, blah. He shouldn't get to have this performance for this great critic or whatever. Um, you know, he is actually, he's so terrible that that dancer that he sent off to New York City Ballet Company, she had a nervous breakdown within two months of joining. Um, oh, yeah. uh, because of how horrible he was. Yeah. So Nancy's like, huh, that that means something like eh, that means something. What is it, though? What is it? There's something to that. There's more there. Um, but it's kind of too late to do anything now because they are seated in the audience and the lights dim. Um, and she remembers, wait, Veronica is the only dancer of Jameson's that ever went on to make it big. What if it's Sebastian? What if he is getting revenge on behalf of his sister? And because he's so close with Maggie, that's why he's trying to get her right. out of the way and spare her from all the drama. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. Do you want to take the last chapter? Okay, yeah. Um, get so... all these nice Ned moments. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Literally, it's like it's like Ned takes center stage in, in the last chapter. And right. I, I mean, I I was literally sweating. Like <laughs> I I'll we'll just have to talk about it. So um so they decide, okay, if it's Sebastian, we need to go check out his dressing room to see if we can figure out if he has something planned for this performance, right? Um, Why does everyone they, have individual dressing rooms, including? I don't the, know. That makes no sense, especially not. Yeah, the piano company. Wouldn't he like, just arrive in what he's going to wear for the show? It's not like mm -hmm. he has to change into a tutu and tights and like. Oh my or god! Or it's not like there's. I mean, you go into like there. There's no way that every individual dancer in this school has an individual dressing room. There has to be oh. a place where everybody is getting dressed and usually there's like one or two makeup. just big rooms and that's right. it even With all the, the mirrors star and has to share yes. like that's fine 
So, anyway. he, I mean, and it's also not like there's nowhere for him to change if he really need whatever. Anyway, he apparently has a dressing room, so they go there. Um, and Beth says that they can get to it from a stage door around the back. So, but remember, Nancy is on crutches here. And so they would have to go outside and the snow is really deep, whatever. So Ned <laughs> does the hottest thing Ned has ever done to date, but it gets better. Um, <laughs> sweeps Nancy up into his arms. And I just, okay, what he says is, forgive the indignity, but this is going to be a lot faster than you hobbling through the snow. Safer too. I'm dying. Ned, don't do this to us. Not only is he exhibiting his strength and being able to carry Nancy, he also exhibits his sensitivity to her feelings Ah. about potentially feeling insecure about having to be carried and his desire for her ultimate safety and his ability to ensure it. I'm just saying. Oh. And it still gets better. It does. It gets better. <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry. I'm getting. I'm getting hot and bothered thinking okay. about it right this now. This is good. This is good. Okay. <laughs> so they make it to Sebastian's dressing room, and of course, it's locked. Um, <laughs> insert lock. It's locked. Um, <laughs> George picks it because get this. Apparently, she's better at picking locks than Nancy is. All right, George. Love that. Um. <laughs> So they get into the dressing room and they don't find a whole a whole bunch except what seems to be a bunch of talcum powder. But Ned because apparently uh his he has chemistry chops still, which I love this this throwback to the yeah. original mystery series where uh Ned was studying chemistry in school. Um he identifies this as actually being hold on one second. Let me make sure I get this right. Orthochloral benzyl malo malin oh, god damn it. Orthochloral benzyl malin mal <laughs> it's right there that I get tripped up. Malanonon. Malanonon malin malin nitrile. Orthochloral okay. benzyl malinonitrile. Should we spell it out? <laughs> no. <laughs> but that is definitely the longest word in a Nancy Drew book ever. That has to yeah. hold the record. Oh yeah. Has to. Easily. That's longer than supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, right? How many how many characters is this? I don't think it's longer than that, but it's it's close. Um, oh, how do we count manually? One, two, three, <laughs> four, five, thirty. Okay, so supercalifragilisticexpialidocious is S U P E R C A L I F R A G I L I I S T I C E X P I A L I D O C I O U S. So that's 35? <laughs> Something like that. That sounds right. <laughs> Amazing. Ooh. So just five letters shorter then. Yeah. That's, that's right. pretty long word. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he says that this chemical, which I am not going to attempt to say again, is a chemical that can be used to make tear gas if you get it hot enough? Oh! What? So Ned is, is very smart as well. Yeah. And he knows how to make tear gas, which will serve us well in the upcoming uh, riots and apocalypse. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, 
Um, and then George brings up, hey, because she knew this when she was working backstage, you could use the Fresnels, which are these stage lights, to get that chemical hot enough to be able to cause tear gas. Um, so they're like, oh, my God, <laughs> Sebastian is going to tear gas everyone <laughs> on stage using these stage lights. So they uh, rush over to um, the light booth with Nancy and Ned's arms again. Um, Jameson is in there watching the performance and he doesn't buy their story about, you know, this proposed, uh, sabotage situation, even though they show him the bottles of the chemical, um, and he refuses to cut the lights. But at this point, some of his dancers on stage start sneezing and coughing. Um, so... Is this worse than the fire alarm thing? Like, not letting them leave? This is so much worse. (laughs) Yeah. Because oh you gosh. should be able to see the stage, see your dancers reacting, and be like, that's not normal. You know, let's, yeah, let's cut these lights like you suggested. But No, show must go on. These girls need to get poisoned. He does. Like, yeah. Um, and so some of his dancers are starting to get tear gassed. He's um, the real villain in this. Seriously. Deserves yeah. what he gets. Yeah. Um. But luckily, one of the uh, lighting crew is not as heartless as Jameson. And he does cut the Fresnels, despite Jameson's uh, outrage at it or whatever. Which, (laughs) I just have to say, I'm curious about this, too. Because if they're a touring um, company, uh, you know, touring this show, then the places they're going have their own, like, crew that work at the theater. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not like... Or, I mean, they might have some of their own crew, but there's always going to be someone... There's going to be someone there to work that light board that is not... Like, that right. That light board is the property of that theater, and they're going to have their own person working the light board. Um, so it makes sense that he's like, nah, bitch, I'm cutting these lights. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't care who you um, are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so he then sends a tech to remove the powder from these lights before he turns them back on. Um, so some of the, you know, some of the show in that moment is being performed in darkness, which kind of sucks. But the entire stage, or not the entire stage, so some of it's still lit. So it's not, you know, the end of the, the world. They don't have to stop the show. Yeah. Um, but so Nancy Best and George and Ned head backstage to tell Maggie, hey, mystery is solved so that she'll know that she is safe for her upcoming solo. Um, but when they get backstage, they can't find her. Um, and someone says that they saw her go into Sebastian's dressing room. Mm. Oh, so they race over, but his door is locked inside. They can hear Maggie crying inside and like asking Sebastian, why is he doing this? And then Ned, <laughs> ah, he says, my turn. And he kicks ah! the door down. oh my god i never thought we'd see the day (laughs) oh oh my god yes ned it is your turn your time to shine just the protectiveness i think the protectiveness and the power like that's true that is the the opposite of whatever toxic masculinity is. That is positive masculinity, man. 
Holy shit. Frank Hardy who? I know. <laughs> My God. What's happening? Frank Hardy would never. <laughs> Frank Hardy would like crawl through the vents to get. Ned kicks the fucking door down. <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me. So excited. Oh, my God. Okay, so he kicks the door down. Um, and inside, uh, Maggie is tied to a chair with Sebastian telling her that this is the only way that he can save her with, from Jameson. And he's kind of, like, manic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Nancy tries to, like, calm him down, tell him this is not helping Maggie. He says Jameson has to pay for what he's done. And Maggie's obviously very confused about, you know, what he's saying. You know, what has he done? And then Jameson finally comes, or uh, Sebastian finally comes out and tells her that the real reason uh, why Veronica won't return her calls, and that's because she's in an institution and not allowed access to her cell phone. Mm -hmm. Because after she joined the dance company, she was so, like, distraught and upset from all of the pressure of dancing professionally and saying that all the comments that Jameson ever made to her were like, running through her head and she had a nervous breakdown and so sebastian didn't want jameson to be able to destroy maggie the way he destroyed veronica uh this wrong is way to go about this dude it's terrible the, yeah it's terrible but not like not it, the solution but like as like to see that happen to like your older sister to someone that like you really looked up to and you like were super close with yeah and Oh, my God. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. So, Nancy, at this point, notices that Ned is, like, moving closer to Sebastian. So, she understands what he's trying to do. Oh, my God, Ned. (laughs) (laughs) So, she tries to keep Sebastian talking and distract him so that Ned can tackle him. Ned, Ned which they successfully do and pull off Ned tackles him to the floor um, and Sebastian doesn't fight um, so they untie Maggie and she goes on to complete her solo beautifully just in the nick of time um, and Ned and Nancy wait with Sebastian until the police come and take him away um, and then Maggie is congratulated after the performance by Oscar and here we get all of our wrap up um, Bess announces that she has signed up for tap dancing um, because throughout this experience, she realized how much she missed dancing. Um, and she also says it's okay to do things not to be the best, but because you enjoy them. And then if this, if tap dancing turns out to not be my thing, then I'll just keep trying things until I find it. Like I'll, until I find what I want. Isn't that spectacular? Yes. What an amazing message. Everyone has such good moments in this book. So good. Thank you, Beth. And then even at the end, Nancy makes this really sweet comment about how how much that, yes, she enjoys solving mysteries, but she loves being around her friends even more. No. And when I tell you, I cried at the end of this Nancy (laughs) Drew book. It was like, this is the sweetest, best ending to a Nancy Drew book I have ever read. Right? Oh. It's so good. It's so good. So satisfying. What a roller coaster ride of emotion. The plot <laughs> Especially twist. in this last chapter. I know. The, the, like, supposedly the victim actually really being the villain of the story. And then mm-hmm. uh, all this heartbreak in, in the process. Wow. Mm-hmm. I love it. 
so and the good. villain being the victim. Right. You know? Right. Wow. In in multiple ways, because you have Sebastian and you have Jameson. Jameson, who is a villain and a victim. Sebastian, who is a victim and a villain. Right. That's crazy. That's pretty poetic. I yeah. Yeah. And how and how victimhood can turn you into a villain. And how villainhood can turn you into a victim. Yep. Chef's kiss. Yes. <laughs> so good. <sighs> oh man. Well, who oh my do god, we Ned start? <laughs> I know. Okay, so Ned. <laughs> Ned is a great place to start. I am eating my words. I think yeah, a little my bit. issue before was that I couldn't I'm like clutching my clothes. <laughs> I think my issue before was that I could never see a satis- I couldn't envision a satisfying relationship dynamic between right. Ned and Nancy. But this book <laughs> it just makes it so simple. Like it's just it's yes. good and that's it's just a good relationship. It's solid, it's supportive, it's great. Because Ned is finally being a good guy. Yeah. I think that's what was missing in so many other things is that Ned was never a good guy. And I think part of that was that, but previously, I think previously in, in, you know, so many past years, our conceptualization of what is a good guy has changed so much, right? right? With our awareness of like, you know, I kind of already talked about like toxic masculinity, like with our awareness of that, so obvious in some of the characterizations of Ned, what was like just gross behavior that nor but previously we may have not seen as being gross. Right. Um, so it does make a whole lot of sense that in this book written in 2015, we're finally getting a Ned that we see as attractive because we're closer to where we are in the world now. Right. You know? Yeah. But thank God. I mean, God. <laughs> There's nothing like ha- having a satisfying, like, male romantic lead in, you know, a book or movie yeah. or something. You know? The- My God. Oh, Ned. <laughs> oh, Ned. Finally getting some points. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I can see, because I can see it now. I can see the good of their relationship. Yeah. And that is when when Ned is... Can can actually be a heroic figure, be his heroic self, right? You know, and not because Nancy is stopping him previously, but because he wasn't secure in himself, what where he is now, right? And sensitive, so sensitive to Nancy being like, I understand that you know, I'm sorry for the indignity. But I want to yeah. keep you safe, and this will be faster, which yeah. I know you'll appreciate. Just <laughs> Ned, Nancy, and Ned finally, finally a good couple. <sighs> I have to read some of the files stat. I know, <laughs> so that I can get back to like to to being on Frank Hardy because I much prefer that. <laughs> but that'll cure you real quick. Just re- a single file, you'll be back. <laughs> you'll be good. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Carolyn Keene, whoever you are this time. <laughs> Thank you. Seriously. You know what you're doing, man. All the characters just had such a good yeah. little arc in this. Not even an arc. Sweet just, Bess. Yeah. Sweet Bess. Bess. 
I mean, I don't know that they even really do the whole, like, moral of the story at the end, and we're going to learn something. And this, we do. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's okay to, like, not have a thing or feel like you're good at a particular thing, but just as long as you're enjoying it. That's, that's yeah. what matters. Yeah, do things and, you like, enjoy. It was a wonderful yeah. way to highlight it. Mm-hmm. It was also just so, it was just, <clears throat> just inarguably, I think, like, such a, like, good book like thematically like structurally like you can tell that the author really knew what they were doing yeah. with centering all of this around like ballet in particular it's like oh this is a great opportunity to be able to talk about x y and z right. you know gender roles masculinity femininity um skill you know, yeah. and like how that translates in different people and, you know, people's insecurity um, about, you know, skill and like physical ability. Nancy even experiences that, you know, and shame and like all just it was just so such a well, a well thought out book that I'm just like, oh, yeah, just excellent. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of the gender roles thing with, with George and, like, mm-hmm. uh, the whole Colin thing with his dad, um, there was one particular part that I thought was a really good good highlight of it. So I guess I'll just yeah. read it here. I've found it. Um, so this is right after um, we witnessed Colin and Michael, his dad, arguing outside about, like, oh, I don't want you to dance in the show, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Nancy uh, says, what's up, I asked George, noting that she looked particularly glum. It's nothing, George says. That that fight just reminded me of the fight that I had with my mom when I told her I didn't want to join the ballet with you or Bess, or with you and Bess. Um, I wanted to join the robotics club instead, and she was upset that I didn't want to do the same things that most girls wanted to do. Bess, uh, Bess rubbed George's back. I know it's upsetting, and I'm not saying your mom or Colin's dad handled the situation well, but their intentions were good. They just want to prevent their kids from getting teased. George shrugs. I think it's a parent's job to let their kids be who they are and to support them no matter mm. what. Ugh. I mean, that's pretty much the end of the passage. They move on yeah. from that. But like, thank you, George. Thank you, George, for speaking up for not only yourself, but also in general. The call in here and the expectations that parents place on their children. For this so kind true. Of stuff. Yeah. And I will say, too, the best seem to have some weird takes in this yeah. book sometimes and that's definitely one of them yeah um but then there was also another one that was about jameson where let me see yeah um so on <laughs> is it when she's like oh he's just trying to like pressure yes. them to to work harder he's saying that like she that even because after they talk about like how jameson had made that specific comment about even if you're like suffering like threats and like harassment or whatever you have to like work through it and they Mm -hmm. theorize well maybe jameson's behind it and as a way to like try to you know train maggie to perform under pressure or something and Beth says well if it is jameson we don't have to worry because he's doing it for maggie's own good no no (gasps) which is a bad take yeah um, no, he's just verbally abusing these girls. Right. But but I also think, too, that even though Bess has those bad takes, I think at, on a certain level, I mean, they didn't really highlight this too much, but we can read into it as Bess is struggling right now because of her 
insecurity about not having a skill, right? right? So she sees people trying to give people that skill, right? With Jameson, yeah. um, you know, trying to help, quote unquote, Maggie. Yeah. So she sees that as being a positive thing because it gives Maggie something that best feels like she doesn't have. And she sees, you know, George's mom as encouraging, you know, George to do this thing to get a skill that she thinks that she should have because again, best feels insecure about not having a particular right. skill, right? So you could understand that. It's still bad takes and I wish yeah. I had explored that a little bit more because I think that would have been excellent but yeah. maybe that's a little too deep for a kid's book. I don't know. But We didn't need the devil's advocate on, on right. Jameson's behalf. Right. He was pretty terrible. So. Yeah. Which, let's talk about Jameson. Oh my gosh, yeah. So physically abusive, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Putting his hands on his dancers. Yeah. In like threatening ways. And and Nancy makes a point to like narrate the like when he like grabs Maggie by the neck that he's doing it like gently. But I'm sorry. There's no scenario no. You don't where grab that's acceptable. Yeah. Right? Especially someone who's like there's a a, a dynamic there of, of authority and power and he right. like, this is a teenage girl. That's uh-huh. not, we don't, so, I mean, we don't know how old she is, I don't think, but she's, if she's not a minor, she's probably not much older than 18, so. Yeah, and, I think they <sighs> position her as being, like, right about to, like, graduate and leave from this dance academy. Right. So, so it she's probably. still be a minor. <laughs> 17, 18, right, yeah. It's especially inappropriate to do that when the people that you're doing it to are, are children, so that's. Right. Oh, even worse. Awesome. So. Physically abusive, definitely verbally abusive because he shouts so many awful things at these dancers about being horrible or whatever. And we know that because of like, you know, Veronica, the Veronica issue <clears throat> and emotionally abusive yeah. because he like tries to control their lives by not allowing them to date. I think at some point he makes a crack about food and like eating. That like, is a huge problem within the ballet industry of like your dance teacher right. will tell you what you are and are not allowed to eat. Which, mm-hmm. like, why do you have so much control over their entire lives? That's ridiculous. Right. They're right. already spending what seems like their entire time with this company, traveling with them, working with them, dancing. Hmm. It's yeah. too much. It's too much. So part of me is, like, Jameson should be arrested. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I know that, like, a lot of that stuff is is difficult to prove. Um, but when it comes to, like... He physically put his hands on that girl. You yeah. know what I mean? That's People saw that. Yeah. Everyone was aware of that. People would and it just seems a, like, like attest to it, I'm sure. Right. And these are children. Mm-hmm. So like I understand that like the culture of like dance is is different and, and much more intense, but it still seems like you could bring child abuse charges against this guy. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. 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 Especially because so, we know the, the like the school is also a part of this performance, so we have mm-hmm. like literal little baby children, like mm-hmm. tiny little dancers, not eight eighteen right. ish years old. Yeah, Ugh. right. Not necessarily people who could speak for themselves. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. Horrid. But luckily, in the book, we we explain that Jameson is horrible and all the reasons why he is horrible. Yeah, yeah. So. They're not trying you know. to pass them off as like right. Oh. They're they're not trying to say that this is normal. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. They even highlight at the end when she's talking to Miss Taylor about how horrible Dan- uh, Jameson is to his dancers. So, right. okay. Sure. But Fair yeah. Enough. <laughs> he also, oh, he also makes a crack about um, like calling Nancy like deaf. Like, are you deaf? Like, oh my gosh. Do you not, yeah. Do you not hear me yelling for you? And something that. about like, how I would know if I had a deaf dancer in my, in my company. Dude. Yikes. Uncalled for. Right. Also like, do deaf people can't dance? What are you talking about? Yeah. Uncalled for to assume that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, why would you? Yeah. Why would it? What? Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. okay. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was gross. So he's an awful, awful. Um, okay, let's see. I think that's all my notes. I really, Honestly. it was just best George Ned and, uh, Jameson crazy. Oh, I wrote something about how we have to talk about Ned and Nancy, what she says about him on page 65. Will you look at page 65? <laughs> yeah, hopefully our page numbers are the same. I think I have the same version of your book in this one. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, because it's, yeah, because it's 11, so I... Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry. Yeah, so, she said something sweet. Oh, okay. So this is when they are talking about how Jameson doesn't allow them to date. And Maggie shrugs. Oh, right. Relationships are a distraction. And if you want to be a professional dancer, you can't afford any distractions. Nancy goes, I wasn't sure I agreed with that. Ned had helped me solve many mysteries. Sometimes if I was at a dead end and convinced that I wouldn't be able to solve it, Ned gave me the confidence to keep going. He never asked me to choose between him and sleuthing. <laughs> Maybe in this universe. And I never considered him a distraction. Um, If anything, he was an asset to helping me achieve my dreams. Isn't that amazing? Nancy! What a lovely perspective on their relationship. Right? Aw. Aw, And clearly Ned feels the same way. Oh, yeah. Because how quickly he jumps to help Nancy and and others. And (sighs) I love it. Oh I love gosh. it. Oh my god. Yeah, I think that's all I have too. Um, oh, I will say they also mentioned Twitter. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> they did. Did like I say the very that before? Start. Uh, I don't yeah. remember. We did mention TikTok, but I don't, yeah, they did. Yeah. I think in the first yeah. chapter they they mentioned that. That's kind of funny. So yeah, I was excited when I read that. It was like first right off the bat, like page two or something. It was like George is obsessed with Twitter. I was like. <laughs> That seems on brand. That seems... Yeah. Yeah, yeah it definitely does. <laughs> oh, George. Maybe George invented funny. TikTok in this universe because she found this app. It was like, it's you know what? Maybe if we like, rich... made it something else. Yeah. Yeah. App. Millionaire. <laughs> Billionaire, probably. Too funny. I could see it. I could see it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like yeah. this is going to be the easiest flashlight score ever. Yes. Absolutely. I give it five flashlights. Yeah. Five. Five flashlights. Not a flaw. No. Not a single flaw. Aside no. from the title, which right. I think they literally could have solved with just putting like one more extra sentence in the book. It's excusable. Um, but I'll let I'll it slide. It. Yeah. Five yes. easily. Yep. I'll allow it. Oh, so good. Lovely. Lovely, yeah. lovely, lovely. So you said you did have the same cover for this one we didn't yes. really talk yeah, about the yeah yeah nancy in front of the mirrors yeah or is it's that a very Maggie? simple i think it's supposed to be nancy we do have okay. a pair of red slippers and a pair of pink slippers mm-hmm. on the cover so but yeah this yeah. one's very simple it's just nancy standing in front of some 
mirrors in a ballet bar. And mm-hmm. she's like looking off shiftily like, oh, who's sneaking up on me or something. <laughs> and also the moon is visible. I don't know if we're inside or outside. Huh. If we're like looking through a window. I don't know. Whatever. Interesting. Yeah, I wish the cover was maybe a little bit more descriptive um, or like more representational of something that happened in the book, you know? Yeah. But. Yeah, because I feel like, like most of their rehearsals get... would be on stage, not in front of right. mirrors like this. A bar. But... Yeah, yeah. 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 See, I mean, I, I would, I think I would wish for maybe like the show poster or something. <gasps> That would like, be good. Mm-hmm. That would be cool with like a scratched out dancer on it. Mm. That'd be interesting. That would have been nice. Yeah. We can pretend. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. All right. Love it. Next up for episode 45, which is a little bit of a special episode, we are going to be watching. Corey, do you want to say it? Yes, we're going to watch, it's the 2002, right? Yes. Yeah, 2002 uh, TV movie. It's just called Nancy Drew, right? Starring Maggie Lawson. Oh, let me check, actually. I'm pretty sure. I think the title is just Nancy Drew. But we're going to watch the 2002 movie starring uh, Maggie Lawson as Nancy. Yeah, it's just Nancy Drew. Yeah. Yeah. So, very exciting. (gasps) Been a minute since we've done a movie. Yeah, it has been a minute. The, the, historically, this has been my favorite Nancy Drew movie. Really? Maggie okay. Lawson, 2002. Yes. I love Maggie um, Lawson. I just, yeah, it's because Maggie Lawson is so excellent. Yeah. And also, I love an adult Nancy Drew. Yeah. Um, or is like the other Nancy Drew movies that we've gotten. Nancy Drew is definitely younger. Even the Nancy Drew uh, movies from the 30s or whatever yeah. were, she was 16. Well, that tra- I mean, that tracks for the time period. Right, but right, right, right. I think Emma. But I'm saying, like, Emma this is the is only younger as well, and so Fia Lillis's character yeah. is definitely younger. She's in high school. Yeah, right. So yeah, so this is the only like fully adult Nancy Drew representation we have in a movie. I'm not talking about the TV show. Um, so you know, because mm. she's in college. Love she like just started she's college in the show, right? Yes. Yeah, or in yes. the movie. Yeah. But, yes. Oh, so good. <gasps> I'm very excited. Very, very excited for that. Okay. So y'all join us then. Go watch the movie in the meantime. And definitely read Red, Red mm-hmm. Slippers in the meantime. We also may have um, a special episode pop up soon. You know, it's October. Who knows mm. what could happen? Um, so just keep your eyes peeled. You never know what might, what spooky thing might be around the corner. <laughs> Alrighty, y'all. See ya. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Regular Nancy Drew. Email us at regularnancydrew at gmail.com. If you like this episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at regularnancydrew and Twitter at regularnd. You can also support us on Patreon. Patrons at the $3 level vote on upcoming episode topics and get exclusive access to our Scoop Sesh series. And all patrons receive early access to each episode as well as weekly bonus content. And to all you regular Drews out there, thanks thanks for listening. listening.